Welcome to Maximum Aperture, Episode Zero. This will be a podcast mainly about photography and the art of taking pictures. I admit from the outset that I'm not really a professional, and any advice or opinions I give should be taken with a shaker full of salt. What I want to discuss and what I want to share is a little of my hobby and how it's improved my life and made it more interesting, or at the very least gotten me out of the house now and again. So let's go ahead and dive into any photographer's favorite topic, gear. When I was younger and didn't know anything about photography, I thought little Nikon point-and-shoots were hot stuff. Then along came cameras on phones and began to make me think they weren't all that useful. Now, only until recently, with the release of the newest batch of iPhones and Google's Pixel phones, have cell phone cameras really become respectable tools for acquiring a good image. In fact, I have a Pixel 3a specifically because the sample images I saw were so damned good. Point and shoot, my lovelies, is pretty much dead in the water. I recently took a trip to the American Museum of Natural History and found that my phone was often more than adequate and in some ways superior to my D7100. I'll upgrade to full frame eventually, but I don't see a reason to rush. Anyway, the question many aspiring photographers ask on forums online is this. Which is the best camera? That's very generally answered with the pithy observation, the one you have with you. And that is true. A Hasselblad is a fantastic machine, but if you don't have it with you ready for the shot when it arises, it might as well be an expensive paperweight. Other people will think quality is determined by price, and those are the ones going after the likes of Leica. I'd love to have one of those little red dots, but $10,000 is a down payment on a small house, not something you splurge on for a piece of gear that can, in many cases, be outpaced by tech a tenth of the price. So what's the best camera? Whatever fits your budget, I'd say. And believe me, those of you starting out, you have to budget. You cannot get a halfway decent setup for less than $500 unless you're willing to scour eBay for used gear, in which case, hey, have at it. But assuming you want to get your hands on something new, be prepared to save up. And now maybe you're wondering about format. Should you get a DSLR, maybe a mirrorless? Or what about doing it properly old school and sticking to film? It's all a matter of taste and trade-offs. DSLRs have huge support and a big lineup of lenses, which, really, the lens is more important than the body of the camera in making a good image. Of course, the best offerings from Sony and the mirrorless department knock the socks off any DSLR that's ever been released. And if film is something you're interested in, you'll get undeniably great quality and much better archival properties, but you'll also have to either pay to get the film developed or do it yourself. So no matter what way you go, you're going to either invest money or money and time. A good first question you should ask is this. What's your purpose? Are you going to take pictures just to have snapshots? In that case, I don't recommend getting heavily invested in gear because most of what you want to do will be better covered by a quality camera on a phone or a basic point and shoot. Do you want to do nature or sports photography? Pursue whatever system has the best focal length at the best price. Same with street photography, actually. Get the widest angle for the lowest cost. It's all about options. The first proper camera I ever had I got for my 30th birthday. Yeah, I started late. It was a Nikon N7 with a 28-80mm kit lens. This camera came out in the late 90s, and it was a popular prosumer-level piece of tech. Not as famous as, say, the Canon AE-1, but it did the job, 
It took pictures, exposed correctly for the aperture. It simply worked. After the first few rolls, I discovered something very important. Almost everything I shot was trash. And this is a very humbling thing to realize, and the lesson is well enforced when you have to shell out eight or nine bucks a roll to get them developed. I remember distinctly lining up a shot, pressing my finger to the shutter button, and then realizing, I would never print this. And that's a shot saved. Film forces you to be very deliberate and to go for only the best. And even then, your best will, once you see it, probably be mediocre. The thing is, a camera like the Nikon N7 can easily be had for about $30 on eBay, and if it's in good condition, that's not a bad deal. Almost any of the old Nikon F-mount lenses will work, though to varying degrees. Some of the older Nikon F-mount lenses didn't have automatic metering, so you had to manually set the maximum and minimum aperture by rotating a dial at the lens's base, all the way one direction, then all the way to the other. And film? A film can be bought for as little as 5 or $6 a roll if you know where to look. Adorama is really good for this, and my favorite tinkering around film has got to be Ilford HP 5 Plus. It's similar, tonally, to the Kodak Tri-X, with the added benefit that Ilford isn't likely to go out of business anytime soon. Oh yeah, it's black and white film, so that means it's much more forgiving in the development process. And there isn't a single process you can use. Maybe you want to stick to Kodak's chems or Ilford's, or perhaps you want to go full do-it-yourself and make Rotenol. Please, don't make Rotenol. Don't use Rotenol. Rotenol is not your friend. Friends don't let friends use Rotenol. In fact, don't even say its name. Anyway, once you've figured out what you want to do, you can begin to make decisions toward what gear to buy. After you've played with enough of it, you'll probably come to a realization, gear really isn't so important. What matters is what you're shooting and how you're shooting it. What's the picture of? Is it a person? Is it intended to be informational, like a passport photo? Is it intended to tell a story, like with uh, street photography? Or maybe it's intended to make art of some variety or other, to be looked at and admired for hours at a stretch. Whatever your purpose, get what will suit it best, and then F8 and be there. And don't just take a picture that's been done to death. Everyone has seen the Eiffel Tower. Everyone has seen the Statue of Liberty. What's the point in taking a picture of something that people have seen already from the same angle, the same perspective? Unless you can take something familiar and shoot it in a novel way, don't bother with it at all. Challenge yourself to illustrate something in a way other people haven't. For me, I love both portraiture and landscapes. The landscapes were easier when I lived in Mississippi. Currently, I reside in Philadelphia, so it's easier to capture cityscapes than anything else. The murals up and down the streets are their own special kind of breathtaking, so I suppose it's a fair trade. The world's an interesting place, and it's full of interesting things to see and appreciate. And for those of us who can't go wandering off toward the world's farthest reaches, at least we can look at their pictures. What do you want to take pictures of? What is it that most fascinates you, captures your attention, seizes your focus, and doesn't let it go? Chances are good that if you can think of a particular theme you like looking at, it's what you ought to be shooting. Doesn't hurt to try, right? Unless, I suppose, you like looking at car accidents or train derailments. In that case, definitely don't go out of your way to snap pictures of them. Stay away from train tracks. Go get in a therapist's couch and talk your problems out. I'm rambling, sorry. 
that happens from time to time. What kind of segments can you expect to appear on Maximum Aperture? Firstly, shoot ideas. There's lots of ways you can be inspired to take pictures of something, and I'm going to share with you the ones that have worked best for me. Those of you wishing to get creative are more than welcome to submit your ideas too. You can also expect reviews of both gear and new works by contemporary and classical photographers. Expect a lot of Ansel Adams and Henri Cartier-Bresson. This also means discussing famous photographs throughout history, the ones that made the headlines and got millions of copies reprinted in books, magazines, you name it. But for now, let's close this brief inaugural episode with a quote on photography I enjoy. Your first 1,000 photographs are your worst. Henri Cartier-Bresson. So if you haven't made it to 1,000 yet, get your camera, go outside, and start shooting. Thanks for listening. Here's hoping you hear more of me in the future. The opening and closing theme is Hot Swing by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, as acquired through filmmusic.io under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. <laughs>